Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. God just dropped something into my spirit, not a big sledgehammer or anything like that, but just uh, kind of laid it on my heart today to just share a little bit about unity in the body of Christ. And um, so um, that's always good before a business meeting, you know. How many has been in some of the, some of those business meetings? And uh, but um, you know, uh, I, I drove truck for probably about thirty years, and um, rarely had a breakdown. I had a couple, but that, that was because the trucks were so old. But but um, one of the one of the reasons that we we didn't have too many breakdowns is they had what we call PMs, which is preventative maintenance, where they periodically, you know, if you got a new vehicle, you do that. You take it in, get the oil changed, and stuff like that. So. I just wanted to say this morning, I'm, I'm sharing on unity this morning, not because I don't believe that Mount Hope Church has unity, because I believe we do. Uh, I can feel it, I can, I can see it, I can sense it, and so this is not a message because we're broke down on the side of the road and we need repair. This is a message of encouragement, this is PM, this is preventative maintenance, that as we go forward, um, that we will continue to walk in that unity that God has called us to. God has called us to a unity like no other unity on the face of this earth. And it's amazing what can come out of, out of unity in the body of Christ, out of unity um, in, any, um, in any people. You know, there's, there's um, I don't know if you would call it, and I would have to ask Brother Dave on this, but whether you call it a law of unity or a principle of unity, it's just like the principle of reaping and sowing. It's there. It's like the principle of gravity or the law of gravity. You know, if you step off a 10-foot building, guess what? You're going down. It's a law, and it's there. And, uh, and so I, I believe there's actually something to unity, too, where God has said, hey, I, I'll, I'll do something where people are unified. And um, so that's what we're going to share a little bit about today. There's, uh, I'm reminded of an old story of two Quakers who were chatting. That's an old religious uh, group. And um, the one of them said to the other one, he said, you know, I, 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 sometimes I think the whole world is a bit off except for me and thee. And sometimes I wonder about thee. And, and you know, that, that, that's like us a lot. You know, we, right, right now today we're, we're living in what's called the United States of America. And in my lifetime, I don't believe we've ever been more divided. Um, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a, a, a party that they belong to. Everybody has a, a philosophy that they adhere to or they have thoughts. And, and we, we look at one another and, and uh, what we, God has called us together as a body. And there's all this diversity and all these, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and we all come from, from uh, uh, different cultures and we were all raised different and there were things that were inbred into our hearts. And yet God has called us to walk in unity. Amen? And uh, unity, uh, so my prayer today is that I just briefly share on unity that we will understand the importance of unity, how important it is that we walk in unity uh, and that we uh, walk in love, obviously. Amen? So with that, um, Father, we just thank you today for what we've already sensed in this place. God, I, I believe you've already done a work here today. Uh, and my prayer is that we would continue, uh, Lord, today walking in your spirit, that you would uh, just 
as, as Pastor Norm prays so many times, God, if this man doesn't say it, make sure it gets into their spirits anyway, Lord. Uh, just use me these few short minutes as, uh, as we go forward and plant it into hearts, Lord, and let it come out and bring forth much fruit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Jesus in um, uh, Mark chapter 3, he said, if a house is divided against itself, it's not going to stand. It will not stand. We need to be unified. Amen. John Calvin was a French theologian and one of the leaders of the Protestant uh, Refor- uh, Reformation saw that the devil's, one of the devil's chief devices was disunity and division. Aren't you glad today that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices? You know, speaking of, speaking of the enemy, we don't like to talk to him about uh, a whole lot, but you know, Two of the things that the word says about him is, number one, he's a liar, okay? And then another thing, he's, a, he's the accuser of the brethren. So get this. When you hear that little voice in your head that's saying, you know, brother, so-and-so is really a, a, a turkey. Well, I don't like him. You know what? The devil is a liar. And, and so when he comes accusing your brother or your sister, we need to shut that voice off. Amen? So I don't know if... Uh, if I got this thing on or right or whatever, we're going to start out. Unity, unity is a place of power. Say that with me. Unity is a place of power. If you've, uh, how many seen a Peanuts cartoons? Well, there's a Peanuts cartoon where, where um, Lucy is demanding that Linus change the TV channel. And, 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 uh, and Linus says, you can't just walk in here and tell me what to do. What makes you think you can do that? And she said, these five fingers. She said, individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them up like this, they become a weapon that is powerful to behold. And you know, so Linus, well, what channel do you want? You know, and, uh, and then he looks at his finger and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? But you know what? God has a way. God has a way of taking us and molding us together so that we are a weapon that is terrible to behold. And you know, nothing, I'm, I, I, I'm telling you this morning, nothing keeps the devil up, sets him back on his heels, turns the kingdom of darkness back more than the church walking unified. The Bible, you know, in the book of Acts, uh, they, they, they said that they, that group of people actually turned the world upside down um, and were, were uh, people, the, the devil is being cast out of a lot of people, amen? And his kingdom was crumbling because the church was walking in unity, amen? So unity is a place of power. In uh, Matthew 16, 18, uh, got that one already. Deuteronomy 32, it speaks of um, one chasing a thousand and two putting 10,000 to flight. Wow, do the math. I'm thinking in my head, one, a thousand, two, two thousand. God's saying, no, one, a thousand, two, ten thousand, two in unity. Amen? So there's power in unity. Unity is a place of power. In uh, Matthew uh, 18, 19, Jesus speaking again, again, he says, again, I say to you that if two shall agree on earth is touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So there is in united prayer, unity in prayer, unified prayer is powerful. There's power in unity. We're going to look at a passage of scripture and um, 
think I've got to catch up here a little bit. In Genesis, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and look there uh, this morning. Uh, Genesis, I'm going to be looking mostly from the English Standard Version and uh, a little bit from the New King James. So this is a story that Pastor Norm shared not too long ago at the end of his creation series, um, talking about a place called Babel. And uh, we're going to start out in chapter 11, verse 1. Okay, so look at the story. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said one to another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. That's like uh, asphalt. Uh, moving on, verse... Um, Four, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we dis be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. I want to stop here just for a second. And here they were saying, let's get together, let's gather ourselves in this city, and let's build a tower that reaches to heaven. Uh, and, um, and then lest we be dispersed across the face of the whole earth. If you go into the beginning of Genesis, uh, God said, be fruitful, multiply, and what? Cover the earth. So they're, they're banding together and they're saying, well, we're going to get together and we're, gonna, we're not going to cover the earth. We're gonna... So I, I say all that to say this. These people are not necessarily serving the Lord, but they are using the principle of unity. And I want you to see what happens when people use the principle of unity. Now, if you, if, and I'm not, I'm not going to go anywhere with this, but if you can look out today in this country and you see a unified group of people, their numbers are not strong, but they're unified and they're getting things done. However, I also want to say this that at some point, if you're using unity and you're not using one of God's principles and you're not using it for God's kingdom, He's going to deal with that. So everything that you see going on in this country, God's got a handle on it. God's got a handle on it. He'll pick the time. He'll pick the place. And you know what? God doesn't even have to blink to make something happen. So I, I, I uh, you know, sometimes when I get discouraged, I, I, I have to keep going back to what? Not my feelings, not what I even see, not what I hear, but I have to go back to God's word. In God's word, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. So God has a plan, and it's going to come to pass. So here these people are. They've got themselves together, and they're going to build this tower that reaches up to heaven. So let's see what happens. Sorry. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. They have one language. They're walking in unity. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing, say that with me, nothing, nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. I didn't say that. God did. God is looking at a group of people that are unified. They're unified in their purpose. They're unified in their plan. They are working together. And he said, because they are walking in unity, unity is a place of power. Because they're walking in unity, nothing will be impossible for them. 
Now, God dealt with these people in the next few verses. He went down and, and, and fixed their language up. So they, when, when Joe said to get a hammer, he went, blah, 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 blah. and he said, what did you say? They, 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 they couldn't communicate anymore. And God dispersed that. But imagine God saying, there's nothing impossible with a group of people that are walking in unity, what God will do through the body of Christ as we continue to walk in unity. Amen? So because they were operating in unity, uh, they were getting things done, getting things accomplished. And as we continue, I, I can see the move of God in our body. I can see things happening. And I'm so excited about where God's taking us. And I, I believe, as, as, uh, even as uh, our brother shared this morning, we are on the cusp of something that God wants to do in Mount Hope Church and in his body in Gaylord, Michigan. And I believe we're going to see a tremendous move of God we need to walk in unity, amen? So unity is a place of power. I'm going to read um, Acts chapter 2 to you. And um, most of you know this story in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. I'll give you that definition, one accord, a little bit, uh, in just a few minutes here. And in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, uh, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was talking earlier, he said what? You shall receive. You shall receive. You shall receive. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When did that happen? When they were all in the upper room and they were in one mind and one accord. And God poured out his spirit on them, and they received that power. The book of Acts, let, let me just go down here, uh, uh, accord, they were in one accord. That means to be in agreement, to be in harmony, okay? To, to be walking in unity. In the book of Acts, uh, which is full of signs and wonders and miracles and demons being cast out and blinded eyes being opened and deaf and uh, uh, hearing and the mute speaking, uh, 11 times, in the book of Acts, it uses the phrase, speaking of the early church, that they were walking in one accord. They were walking in unity. You know, I, 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 have, a, I have these beliefs that I can't give you verse in chapter 4, but I believe that anything that God touches grows. It doesn't diminish. When God puts his hand on something... So I'm encouraged because I look at the book of Acts and I see all the things that happened in the book of Acts. And some of us, and, I, and there were times in my life when I looked back and I said, God, why, why, why can't we do that today? Why isn't that happening today? It is. But let me tell you this. That was the beginning. And I believe the end of the church is going to be, look, much more glorious than the beginning. When God's finished with you and I, it's going to look way, way more than we, what we saw in the book of Acts. And that's not to diminish that. I'm just saying God has things in store for you and I. And so let's walk together in unity. Amen. Unity is a place of power. Say that with me again. Unity is a place of power. Okay. Point number two. If, uh, let's see where we're at here. Unity is a place of Unity is a place of blessing. Our brother shared this morning that if we will walk in repentance, if we will have our hearts right with God, that he will pour out blessings, blessings upon us. Amen? Amen? I think that was a word from the Lord, Brother Marcus. 
And uh, so, here we go. Psalms 133, and this, this beginning verse, it tells about God's perspective, how, how God feels about, uh, about unity. Um, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And that would include sisters too, the principle as you go forward. Um, how good and pleasant. So when God looks at unity, he says it's good, it's pleasant. I was looking, I was looking in Genesis last night, and it, it made me think about when God said it, it was good. And in creation, in, in Genesis there, he was talking about, unit, uh, uh, about the earth after certain days. And I looked in there, and I saw five times that God, when God was finished with the day, he looked at it and said, that's good, that's good. And, uh, and, and allow me a little speculation this morning, will you? On the sixth day when he created Adam and Eve, he said it was very good. So Five times before that, he's saying, it's, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then all of a sudden, there's man and woman. And, and he, he called them to be one. He said they would be one flesh. And he looked at that and he said, that's very good. That's very good. You know what? You need unity in your, in your marriage. Amen. There's power, and in, 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 in fact, in the New Testament, it talks about, about uh, walking in that unity so your prayers are not hindered. You know, when, uh, when, don't, don't go to bed mad at your husband. Don't go to bed mad at your wife. Get it straight. Repent. Apologize. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's right. It matters who's Lord. That, 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 need, that deserves more than one amen. It doesn't matter who's right. It matters who's Lord. Amen. Amen. Who's Lord in our life? We're so, we're so concerned about getting our way and it's our way or the highway and we're right and everybody else is wrong. Uh, you know, the whole world is off except for me. You're all right sometimes, but sometimes the is off a little bit. So anyway, God's perspective on this in, 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 in Psalms 133, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Then he goes on to say in verse 2, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, and running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, when it, uh, uh, which falls on the mountains of Zion. I want to stop there just for a minute. The, the, the oil, you, you know, when, when we use anointing oil, and we do that here, we have, we have these... Uh, little bottles of oil that we use when we pray over people and we dab our finger and we put the oil on there, representative, and it's scriptural. But when they anointed in the Old Testament, it wasn't a little dabble, do ya? Like the old, those that are, that are laughing just gave away your age because when I was in fifth grade, I got a teacher, allow me a rabbit trail real quick, and uh, I, I thought I was really gonna like the guy, his name was Mr. Gillum. And uh, I was a little caught up, and, and so one time he said one more word, and I popped up Brill Cream and a little dabble, do ya? And uh, that was the last time I did anything like that in that class. But anyway, when they, when they anointed, when they anointed back then, it wasn't that little dab. They poured that oil over, and it said that oil was running down his beard and his robe. It was so, he was soaking in oil, and the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And I believe as we walk in unity that God will 
pour out that anointing, that heavy oil upon us to accomplish. And what is that? That's power to do what God has called us to do. Amen? So, getting to the end of this one here. For there, at the end of verse 3, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You know, there's not a greater blessing in the world. This is temporal, life forevermore. But God commanded the blessing. Where there's unity, unity is a place of blessing. God will bless us. In, um, I guess this works. I just keep looking around to make sure. Peter says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, or this is what you are called, that you may obtain a blessing. Have unity of mind. How, how, how can we have that unity of mind is, is, is when we think of others as better than ourselves. When we're humble, when we're walking in humility. Unity is a place of blessing. Last one here today that I'm going to talk about a little bit is unity is God's will for his church. You know, it, it's, it, it's kind of funny. Unity is a place of power. Unity is a place of blessing. Unity is God's will for his church. God's will is that we would be, walk in power and to be blessed. God wants to bless us. Amen? God wants to bless us. He wants to use us, and he wants to give us the power to walk in that. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then in the garden, every, every, you look at Jesus' prayers. In the garden, he went into the garden of Gethsemane, and he said, Well, you know, this cup, I, I don't really want to drink this cup. It's a tough cup to drink. How many's ever had a tough cup to drink? Amen. You know, I know uh, a lot of us have went through different things, and, and it's tough. But what Jesus said at the end of that prayer was he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So everywhere he was praying, he was praying the will of the Father. Uh, every place that he went, he, was, you know, he, he said, I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of the Father. So now let's look at a prayer that, uh, that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. If you, uh, we're going to start at the 20th verse. But the preceding verses in that, in that chapter, at the beginning, Jesus is praying for himself. How many knows it's all right to pray for yourself? I did this morning. I said, Lord, help this man. I need it. And um, I do that quite often. Lord, help this man. Uh, and uh, he does. And then, then after that, he was praying for his disciples at the time. And then we're going to start in verse 20, where he was praying for you and me. So, in John chapter 17, beginning at verse 20, speaking of his disciples, he said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Say, that's me. Come on, that's me. Oh, praise God. Um, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may also uh, be, may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Going on to verse 22. Uh, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them 
that they may be one even as we are one. When I think about that, Jesus is praying that you and I would be one even as him and the Father are one. That's tight. That's tight. You know, Jesus was having a conversation with Philip one time, and, uh, and Philip was saying, show us the Father. And you know what Jesus said? You've seen the Father, you've seen me. How cool for us to walk through this world and, and for people to be able to say, you've seen Tim, you've seen Jesus. You've seen Mac, you've seen Jesus. You've seen Roger, you've seen Jesus. One, one with him. Christ in us, the hope of glory, amen? So here Jesus is praying that we would be one just like him and the Father are one. And then twice in this passage, if you look at it, we're looking at um, verse 23. He says there's something that's going to come out of that, that as we walk in unity, as we are one with him. He says this in verse 21, and he also says it in verse 23. Let's back up just for a second. At the end of uh, verse 21, if we are like walking in unity like that, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, okay? And then in verse 23, that we may be one even as, that they may be one even as we are one, at the end of that, so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them as you have loved me. So when the body of Christ is walking in unity, that's a tremendous witness to the world when they see us walking in unity he says they'll know that, that God sent Jesus' his son. Amen? Amen? Unity is a place of blessing. Philippians 2. Paul writing here. And he says, Therefore, if there are any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection of mercy, fulfill ye my joy. Paul, Paul's saying, if you'll do this, I'll be full of joy. If you'll do this. Speaking by the Holy Spirit. Being like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. We don't do that here very much in this country. It's me, number one, all about me and what I want. But here, Paul is saying, if we will humble ourselves, be like-minded, be of one accord, and, and esteem others better than ourselves. You know, when you, when you begin to look at other people and, and consider them better than yourself, then it's easy to get along. It's easy to get along. Amen? It's not my, my I'm right and you're wrong. And uh, Ephesians 4, I'll just read this to you. Therefore, uh, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Okay, how can I walk in this kind of unity? Well, I said at the very beginning, we're already doing that. We're already doing that. But I want to just give you a scripture here that I look at a lot. And it, 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 uh, if we would apply... You know, uh, Brother Dave shared a, a awesome message last week. How many's trying to do that? What, what he what he shared last week? And that four percent, that four percent, 
It's not too much to ask. It changes your life. It changes your life. So as we look at God's word, I look at this scripture, and it's uh, 1 Peter 4, 8. Above some things. Woo! Above all things have fervent. When I think about fervent, I think about white hot. Have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of warts. We'll cover a multitude of flaws, personality clashes. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is says love will cover a multitude of sins. If love will cover a multitude of sins, if we walk having fervent love one for another, if it'll take care of a multitude of sins, it'll also take care of the warts, it'll take care of the flaws, it'll take care of the personality clashes, it'll take care of all of that if we walk in love one for another. I want that kind of love, amen? Sometimes I got it, sometimes I don't. But when I'm walking in his spirit, I do. I have that kind of love that God is speaking about here. So we can walk in unity if we have fervent love for one another, okay? How can I get that kind of love? I like this, Romans 5, chapter 5. And Mary, I don't know where you're at, you can... um, Come up and just begin to play. We're closing. Brief, good. Amazing. So, if we walk in fervent love for one another, love will cover a multitude of sins, which allows us to walk in unity. How do you walk in that kind of love? In Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 5, the last part of it says, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Unity is a place of power. Unity is a place of blessing. Unity is the will of God. And we can have it when we walk in love. And we can walk in love when we're filled with His Spirit. I'm amazed at what I watch happen in the body of Christ. Um, I remember when we first came here, in the first year, and um, Pastor Norm had asked us at the end of the service, um, play one of those upbeat songs, you know, and um, love this man and his wife. It's been just absolutely amazing to be here. We, we are so privileged to be a part of what God's doing here. So we came from a, a pretty vibrant fellowship, and uh, and. Um, we got up and played our song, and at the end of the song, we look around, and everybody's gone. Wow, man. Well, I don't know how long it was after that, but Pastor had asked us to come together and have a week of prayer. And um, we did. And um, during that week of prayer, I was surprised. It was a fairly decent turnout. We were a small body then. But there was a weeping. God's spirit began to move. And you know, as we began to go into our services from that point on, you could sense the presence of the Lord. 
How many knows when you, when you can just feel that presence of the Lord? It's, it's a tangible thing. It's not something that, that, that oh, oh, the presence. Of the, no, you can feel it. It's real. You can touch it. You can feel it. It's there. And you know what happened? Couldn't get him out of the place. Couldn't get him to leave. Because God poured out his spirit, and when God poured out his spirit, something started coming out of them. It was the love for their brothers. It was the love for their sisters. Because God poured out his spirit, and that love for one another welled up inside. I want that kind of love. I want this body to walk in unity. I sense God. We're, we're on the cusp of something so great. And God wants to use you and I. Consider the word this morning as you go forward from Brother Marcus. Straighten out all those little things in your life that aren't where they need to be. Take care of them. Don't neglect that. Because God is going to take us to a place of blessing like you've never seen. And all we have to do is be willing. Let's stand this morning. If you want to walk in that kind of love, all you have to do is say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And he does. You know, again, in our lives, it's scripture I quoted a little bit earlier. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We need to be seeking after God's presence in our life every single day. The psalmist David said it so well. He says, as the deer panteth after the water, so my soul longeth for thee. You know, a deer has got to have water to live. I think it's three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food. We have to have water to live. And David was saying, just like that deer is so thirsty for that water, God, I am thirsty for you. I am thirsty for you. How many is thirsty for the Lord this morning? Thirsty for the Lord. So we're all wanting to walk in that love and unity. Amen? Father, we pray that you would grant that, Lord. More love in our lives, more power. God, to walk in that unity that the world may know that Christ has come. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.